0: Welcome to Don't Be Alarmed, We're Negroes, with your host, Mr. Slice Boogie, a.k.a. E-Class, a.k.a. Mr. Half-Swing, E-Mitch, and my partner over here, Elway, the GM hater, a.k.a. Just Getting My Swing Back, a.k.a. Beige Brother, number three. Sugar, what's happening, player?
1: What's good? What's good, E-Mitch? Glad to be here. Um, This is a new podcast we're bringing to y'all. Um going to be talking about the game of golf and all the trends and topics that are hot uh, in the game of golf today. So we are happy to be here and glad you are here with us. And we have some special guests. So why don't you um, go ahead and, uh, you know, get it going, E?
0: Cool. Um, Well, our first guest is a cousin of mine. Uh, Grew up with him, a skateboarder, had three little pigtails for a mohawk. Uh, Mr. Dom for the ladies, a.k.a. Mr. Diego, a.k.a. I turn 180 to tee off. Booga, what's happening?
2: How you doing? Thank you for having me on. You know, just trying to keep it sexy. What I do.
0: And then our other guest, I grew up with this guy. He, he loves to cross over, Failed stars in high school. Um, he's Mr. Hard Knock Slice. Mr. A.k.a. I build it, they will come a.k.a. champion champagne champ, M.D., the doctor himself, Mike Derongowski. What's happening, player?
3: What's up? up? That's too much, man. Too many nicknames. Too much to live up to right there. Glad to be here.
0: Cool. Well, Well, uh, go ahead. We're just going to, you know, chop it up, talk about a few things. Let's uh, kick it off with one of our sponsors. I know you guys like to look good on the golf course, and so do I, but so do the ladies. So let's hear from our first sponsor, Your Eyes Aesthetics.
4: Hey golfer gals and gents, this is Ashley Knight, founder and owner of For Your Eyes Only Aesthetics. Plan on hitting the links? Then you need sunscreen. 80% of all skin aging comes from the sun, so protect yourself while you're on the green with Image Skin Care, available only through a trusted esthetician like me. When I'm outdoors, my go to sunscreen is the Prevention Plus Daily Ultimate Protection Moisturizer, SPF 50. A friend of this podcast is a friend of mine, so enter coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout and you will receive 20% off your order. Again, enter coupon code, don't be alarmed, at checkout to receive 20% off all orders. You can find us at www.youreyesonlyaesthetics.com. Again, that's www.youreyesonly, E-S-T-H-E-T-I-C-S dot com.
0: Awesome. So now we know how to look good and feel good on the course. So, uh, Booger, how'd you get into the game of golf?
2: Um, so when I was playing ball in Arizona, I come back here and visit. And an uh, old friend of mine, Rodney Harris, was having a birthday party at the club. So one of the bartenders I'd met a couple of times when I was out here. And so he'd asked me, he's like, you golf? And I'm like, yeah, I golf. Um, he's like, well, next time you out, we should play. I'm like, cool. Mind you, I'd never golfed before ever, but in my head us being Johnson, you know, we athletes. So I played it all. And I happened to come back in town like a month later. And I told him ahead of time, he said, he set up a tee time. Um, the day before that Friday, I went and bought clubs, golf outfits, everything, but I forgot to buy shoes. So we played a river walk here in San Diego and the first tee box is at the, at the bar. It sits at the bar and where everybody checks in, everybody sees you. I go to swing, had on my Air Max nineties slid in the grass from the morning dew up in the air, about five and a half feet hit the ground. It was bad. It was all bad. He's like, you never golfed ever. I'm like, nah, but I'm an athlete. I'll work it out. Ever since then, I've been addicted to it. Addicted.
3: Nonstop.
0: Nice. What about you, MD?
3: Uh, like most things, when you're young, you do stupid things for, you know, women. And so my girlfriend at the time, her dad was a golfer. And they had a whole set of clubs, and he gave them to me. And so I played a little bit. Just messing around, and then uh, hadn't even played a full 18 yet, and wasn't any good. And he says, "Why don't you come down and and uh, play with us on Sunday?" So I go down there, and it's like a men's league tour championship that they got me into. <laughs> and I'm like, "No, I'm, I'm, this ain't me. You got the wrong guy." And they're like, "Oh, no, no, it'll be okay. It'll be okay." So shotgun start. I haven't broken 100, probably not even 110 at this point. And uh, shotgun start, hole number six, par three, 220. And I don't know how to hit the ball. So I grab my driver, smack it, hit it into the backside bunker, get down there, chip out, hole it out for birdie. Wow. They think they got a ringer on the team. <laughs> <laughs> they think they're going to win the tour championship. <laughs> 118 strokes later, <laughs> not the case. <laughs> and that's a generous 118. That's about five. Why don't you just pick that up? <laughs> but ever since then, I've been hooked. It's kind of been the the replacement for basketball, you know, that that competitiveness that, you know, mm-hmm. you get grown, can't play ball like you used to anymore, torn ankles and whatnot. Now, this is our, our competitive uh
0: a sport now so that's the truth. What about you, Sugar? What you what you got?
1: You know, my I think for me, um, you know, I've had golf at, at kind of different stages in my life. I think from um you know the first introduction I ever had to golf was from my grandfather and um I used to spend the the summers in Wisconsin. And being, you know, a beige kid, I'm half black and half white, but being out there in wisconsin hitting the links and with my grandfather and a lot of my relatives out there um you know i was i didn't really play with them a lot because they were they were competitive they were doing a lot of of tournaments themselves but i would go with them and i would drive the carts um so that was really my first introduction to golf and i really started playing um in my teenage years and then kind of the same with you um you know um md i got into a tournament was thrown into a tournament because somebody couldn't play. And I actually didn't do too bad. I shot in the nineties. Um, and then, you know, ever since then been trying to work on my game here and there, but, uh, that's really my introduction to golf and, and trying to, to pick my clubs back up, ordered a new set. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that, uh, and should get those soon. So I'll be out there with y'all this, uh, this spring and this summer. Nice.
3: It's good. Cause we have a, uh, We're going to have some openings to fill this summer, so. Let's get it. Hope you can get out. Yep. With that being said, uh, what clubs is everybody rocking right now?
0: So, for me, I I still love my Cobra irons. Um, I've had them for a couple years. And then I've been swinging my G400 driver. So, I'm trying to get, get into that a little bit, and that's been helping me out. And then I found this Cobra, like, I don't know. It was like a thrift shop find, like hybrid three with rails and everything like a baffler or something like that. And that club came in handy last year because some reason I can hit that thing a mile and it got me out of a lot of trouble. But um thinking about updating my irons. I just don't know what.
3: <sighs> what about you? Oh, you don't want to know what's in my bag. You better get your DeLorean now. So, yeah, I'm rocking like some 10 year old Mizuno's and uh, JPX. I don't even know what they are, probably 800s. But yeah, last two, three years, every every beginning of the year, like, oh, I'm going to replace them. I'm going to get some new ones. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. They still work for me, man. I'm comfortable with them. Got to play what makes you good. I know what they're going to do. And then uh, my driver, same deal. Driver's driver's an old school uh, uh, rocket balls, and that thing, whatever for whatever reason, it just fits me. Yeah, you know, I can stripe it down the middle whenever I need to. I can always just go back to a baseline whenever things start getting crooked, and it just works for me. Okay. But you know, that being said, it's start of the year again, so they're all on the chopping block until they're not. <laughs> then next thing you know it's august and you're putting another nameplate on the trophy oh wow uh-oh
1: <laughs> already trying to call it out what about you uh Buga? what what uh, you know what clubs you have
2: uh right now i just i just got into probably seven months ago i got the new sims um but the driver i couldn't hit just couldn't control it so i went back a friend of mine works for cobra so he gave me the new cobra driver prototype but it's not out yet but i'm hitting that and love it to death um but yeah it's not my sims it's tailor-made it's loving them loving nice
1: them. nice well i'll tell you guys that i'm 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 rocking a, a set that i ordered from uh, a program that we have from my job and it, they are called pine meadow pgx and so i'm going to start those with a new bag and a new look so hopefully i get a new swing so we'll see we'll see what's up cool. um I'm glad we went through the segment and you get to know a little bit about us. So we wanted to kind of talk to you about what today's show will be about. Um, we're going to talk about last week's Farmers Open. We're going to cover uh, the upcoming Waste Management uh, Tournament. Uh, E-Mitch has a golf cocktail of the week that is is going to get you bent. We're going to talk about diversity in golf. And then, um, you know, what are we hating on this week in terms of golf or other trends and topics? and then we're going to get to the back nine as we close out the the podcast. So with that said, let's let's get into that uh last week's farmers open and there's one big issue that uh we want to discuss.
0: So E Mitch, what do you got? So everyone knows that Patrick Reed won at -14, but of course he had some controversy. Everyone saw it, everyone caught onto it, and this is not his only time with the controversy with his balls and his lies and his placement. And everything so when he bent down He asked the lady actually Before he bent down he he saw the lady He said did my ball bounce which I really didn't understand with the bounce thing I don't it it doesn't matter Right so it hit the grass And he said is it embedded Or is it you know covered up Or is it buried or whatever But he did not ask The rules Persons he didn't call anybody Over he didn't do anything he just Moved his ball so after he moved his ball, then he called somebody over to take a look at it. And, of course, the cameras are there and there are some rules issues and everything. So what's your guys' thought on, one, him winning, and then, two, all the controversy that he's got going on? Um, and this is not his only time. Like, we've heard him being chirped before and asking if he's if his caddy has an extra shovel in the bag to help him improve the lie and all kind of stuff. So uh, what do you think?
1: I think first, um, if you are in a PGA tournament, um, you know, when you watch, when you just watch the TV coverage that they have, you never really see anybody pick the ball up. I think that that's something for, you know, an official um, for for them to go out there. There's volunteers that really just tell you kind of what what happened with the ball, because I think that he was confused on actually where it went. So, I mean, for me, I personally think that, you know, you just don't touch it. Just leave it there. Let let the folks officially do what they do, because this is big money. I mean, the, the purse that the uh, that he won was seven point five mil. So that's not that's not a small amount when you are competitive.
2: I, I like I I I can't be mad at the dude. I mean, I get like okay, you get your and the people who are on the sides, the rope people see where your ball is. They don't know the rules. And that's why you have the golf people out there to tell you what the rules are in case you forget. But they've been playing golf their whole life. They know the rules. To me, was it shady? A little shady. Has he done it before? Yes. But he's always got the stroke penalty called on him. And this time, he called on himself. He's like, yeah, okay, I might have missed that rule or might have been doing what I usually do. But it's a penalty stroke on me. But he still went out there and won. So... Like I said, what's that say to the rest of the field?
0: Yeah, but then why all the excuses and the different stories that he's given the commentators and you're reading about? Like, just say, hey, I called it, I messed up, but I won. Instead, you're hearing all these things. And then, of course, you know, some of the players on the tour are like, man, I don't know if I want to play with this guy. You know, what? what's he about? You know, like, hey, we're looking differently in the clubhouse at this guy. You know, it can it can be something else. What do you think, MD?
3: I, don't know. I think he's. Uh, it, it would have had to have been super nefarious of him to, you know, pick that ball up, because he he said he asked everybody whether or not it bounced, and so by that he can kind of claim that he's doing the right thing, you know, he's trying to make sure that you know, the possibility existed that it it did embed, you know, that it just on the fly plugged. But, you know, there is that part of you that, hey, it's Patrick Reed. So he wasn't asking those people to figure out if the possibility was that it plugged. He was asking those people to make sure no one was witness to what he planned on doing with that ball. (laughs) And so – when you don't get the benefit of the doubt, you're going to lean towards he was asking if it bounced so that he could, and this is the part I don't, I don't quite know, is so did he physically plug it? Did he actually push the ball into the ground knowing that he was going to have a rules official You know, feel it and say, hey, do you feel this plug in the ground? that's the part that I'm not sure of is did he actually push his ball into the ground before he removed it? You
1: know, when you, when you, uh we watched the, was, we were, we were kind of doing a, um, a breakdown of the show last night and we watched, we actually watched the footage of the video. And when he goes up there, you could kind of see him messing with the ball a little bit. So I think, you know, you, you, to your point, Mike, I mean, it, it you know, it, um it's really what video footage do they have? And then what can you, I mean, it, but let me ask you this: Let's real. Let's talk real talk, though. I mean, if if we're out, if we're all out, uh, you know, having our own, you know, we're out there playing on the links, and this situation happens. Do what happens if one of us picks the ball up?
0: Well, it's it's a difference between being a pro and being the weekend golfers. But in our tournament <laughs> that we have together, right, we always consult each other on the rules and try to make sure that it's fair. So at least the foursome you're with is enforcing it. Whereas the guys he was playing with yesterday had no idea where the, his ball was going, what was going on, and then he kind of spoke for him and said, yeah, they agreed that my ball was plugged or whatever he said, and this is what happened. And they had no clue, as you, you could find out. So it was a little weird just in the, in that situation. But at, at that stage, come on.
2: No, I'm with you, and it happened to Rory. Same tournament. Same thing, but Roy, of course, saw everything that happened, so he goes to the rule official and checks. But would Roy have done the same thing in the same predicament as Patrick Reed? But we all know perception. Everybody thinks he's a cheater, but I mean, is it really cheating if you if you get called out on your cheating and you still get that stroke penalty? That's the game of golf. If what you
3: happened first, Rory's or, or Reed's. Reed's happened first. Okay. see. I'm going down that road of Reed saw an example before his happened, and he's like, I can take advantage of that shit. (laughs)
2: Yeah, Reed's happened first. (laughs) (laughs) How you look at it, it's all perception. We all know Reed's done it before. He's been kind of shady. But maybe that's his calling. He knows if he does some shady stuff, then he's going to win the
3: tournament because that's what happens. (laughs) You know, hey, but I, I mean, I, I feel you right there. I put money on him after hole twelve yesterday because I knew he was just in that fu mode, and best, I was like,
4: "Yeah,
3: I'm going to put money on this hole and put money in that hole." He's birdie in that hole, and so yeah, I I put like fifty bucks down. I ended up making one fifty on the last five holes of the tournament yesterday just because I was messing around and I knew he was in fu mode. Nice. Is he going to birdie eighteen? most definitely he's got a birdie gate team he ain't playing it safe.
1: I mean, so what do you guys think about this? I mean, do you, I mean, how much of a, a you know, closer watch do you think will be on him now um, due to this kind of activity and pattern? Do you just, do you think it'll go away?
3: I mean, not any more than there already was.
2: Yeah. And, and to eat Mitch's comment before, like people, his, his peers looking at him kind of strange and different, Golf is an individual sport, only individual sport we have where you get to say no one else can blame but yourself and the course. And you think about Tiger. Tiger had no friends when he first came out. He didn't care about people and reads the same way. He's like, y'all don't like me. Y'all don't like me. Y'all not paying my bills. I won seven mil. Got caught cheating on seven mil. I'm going home to my wife, my kids. Life is happy. I'm good. I don't have to talk to nobody but my caddy and I'm good. So I don't think it's going to affect him too much. I don't think he really cares.
0: That's a good point. As long as he keeps winning, I guess he's like on board with it. But then you got to think like when there's like team events, right? So you have the cups out there where you're on a team and you're representing the U S you got to have some kind of camaraderie with your, your people. So will they turn an eye and say, Oh, uh, since you're on our team, Hey man, go ahead and approve your lie. Uh, so that we can go ahead and, and win this cup or are they just looking at him just like, Hey, hopefully he don't do it here. So we have no controversy and, you know, we can play straight up.
2: But he's been on the Ryder cup and the president's cup before. Mm-hmm. And he's done well. And just like you go to work and you have employees you don't like or coworkers you don't like, I, you don't have to like me when I go to work, just do your job. I do my job and we'll be straight. Yeah. You're I good.
1: think I- I think you have to hold each other accountable. So I I think that's, I think that's part of it of being a pro, Um, especially a PGA pro. I think you have to, that's part of the job. I mean, that's part of anybody's job. Um, And I think it'll all sort of self out. I think that even, you know, back in the, in the clubhouse, it'll even sort of self out if something continues or there's a pattern there.
0: Is, Is there a rules official on every hole in the PGA? Or is it just one guy rolling around or a couple guys rolling around on a cart? Like, how does that work?
2: You got a couple guys rolling around, but there's a, there's not like 18. You'll have like nine people and they're going between or seven people going between holes. But you call one of the people who are sitting on the ropes or something like that. And they radio somebody in, he needs you over here. That's why sometimes you see it takes longer for people to get there. And sometimes they're there right away. Cause it just depends on what hole you're at.
0: Yeah. Cause it, To me, like, if he knew he was going to claim that penalty or whatever he was thinking, like, just call somebody. Like, they're not far away. It's not like you're in a big hurry to do anything. You were leading at that point, too. I think he was, what, 10 under at that point? So he was leading. So why take the chance? Why do any of that? Just call somebody over. It's obvious that the lady that was standing by the ropes, she had no clue. It, It bounced. It may not have been. I don't know. I, I have no clue. I'm just gonna put put the flag where I saw your ball land. That's it. So might have been on the phone.
2: But that's what gets me too. If he he put a stroke penalty on himself because nobody was ever sure. So are you really a cheater when you're like, okay, this is what I'm doing, but I'm gonna stroke. I'm gonna put a penalty on myself and still go out and win. It'd be different if you like did something to get away with it, and we caught it like later on, a few days later, like, oh, you kind of cheated that day. But it was right at the moment. He's like, oh, nope, my bad. I thought the rule was this way. So let me put a stroke penalty myself and still come out there and win.
1: They cut that man the check. Uh, I
3: Yeah, I got personal experience with that. People are still hating on me about it. (laughs) Me and and Matt Smith, we were playing, I can't remember what tournament it was. It was at Highland Hills. And we played the wrong ball. Our drives were in the fairway. They were about you know, eight to 10 yards away from one another. We played the wrong ball, hold out. And then I realized I played the wrong ball. And so I asked the group, I said, hey, you know, penalize me, whatever. You know, I played the wrong ball. There's no, you know, two ways about it. And, you know, everyone agreed that, no, we're not going to penalize you. You know, you essentially had the same shot in, um, but I don't hear the end of it. (laughs) everybody was cool with it on the green you know they didn't want to call you out in the moment but they still let that shit ride and give me shit well
0: it's because you got all all your five names on that uh that trophy so we we can't we have to bust you a little bit Got to challenge me you know
1: that's a whole side man you got a whole side of a trophy
3: I Don't know what to say. I keep I keep changing the rules in my benefit. I guess <laughs> I right, certainly right. gave everybody plenty of chances.
2: Maybe we ought to start calling you Mike Ju- uh, Reed Jr. <laughs> oh wow, wow! wow. <laughs> wow.
0: Don't do so that. with, to with
1: that, with that, we um, Ed, do you want to do you want to tell us about the
0: the drink of the week, and then we can get into covering the waste management tournament? Sure. So before we get to the People's Open this week. We're sipping on a Sweet John Daly. So um, we're all about a diversity in this group and in this podcast. And we happen to find Rising Sun Distillery out of downtown Denver, who uh, was founded by Don and Saul, who were distillers, and they grew up in it and everything like that. And they created this organic uh, liquor, and they brew their own stuff. And so we're going to use the uh, Rising Sun Organic Vodka, some lemonade and some sweet peach Georgia tea for the Sweet John Daly. So some ice cubes, a couple of shots of vodka or three, some lemonade and some sweet tea. Shake it up and enjoy it. And if you uh, are ever in Denver, go check out the the Rising Sun Distillery. So now, with that being said, Booga, MD, myself have been to the waste management open and everyone sees it on TV. I know Mike and I had always talked before we went the first time. Uh, We were like, Hey, we want to go to this. We don't know how we're going to get tickets and go here, but we really want to go and get there. And it is all it is cracked up to be. And And more and more. So let's just describe, um, Kind of like a doorstep to doorstep before we get to the odds and the betting and our picks and all that stuff doorstep to doorstep, like what you're expecting when you head out. So when we get to the airport in Arizona, the 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 first thing you see is about eight million golf bags because everybody is there. Right. And you come in and that's all they're doing is picking it up. And it's hard to actually get an Uber or a taxi because there's so many motherfuckers with these golf bags out there. So um, let's talk about like when we landed, when you first landed and then like how things progress, like how you're planning, like how hard is it to first thing? How hard is it to get an Airbnb or someplace to stay out there? It's uh,
3: that's a challenge. I mean. You got to plan months in advance to, to get an ideal spot that just, you know, doesn't break the bank. And I think we've, we've had three different experiences, you know, going out there, you know, the first time was just kind of off the cuff. We got to find something quick. And and then the second time was a little bit more planning and, you know, more conscious about location. And then third time was like, we got to accommodate a lot of people. Um, you know, so it's different in all those scenarios, but yeah, if you don't plan four or five, six months in advance, you are uh, spending way too much money and you're not getting what you wanted. Um, you know, that second time that we went, you know, that town home worked out well for us and you know, it's a good location and everything. And you know, it wasn't very expensive. So we got pretty lucky with that one, but yeah, it's uh, it, it's a challenge with lodging because everybody's out there. Everybody's playing golf there's what 250,000 people that week mm-hmm. to go to the tournament. So yeah, it's 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 tough, man.
0: All right, so then let's talk like so now that we're there and we want to we have plans to to go to the waste management. So how we usually do it is we go a couple of days And we'll say we'll go like on a Thursday, then Friday we play golf and then we'll go back again Saturday or something like that and then head home or play golf or or leave Monday or something like that. So let's talk about when we first got to the stadium at the Waste Management. What did you did you think it was all you thought it was going to be when you walked up and saw the amount of people and how drunk motherfuckers were?
2: I I had been prior to when we all went that one time, so it's twofold for me. The first time I went, I went with some another group of friends, and we weren't cool, cool, but we were okay. So the experience was like in awe, and I was amazed because what you see on TV, you really can't capture that feel, the people and the way they are. And the first time, we, we all went as a group. I mean, we all, I have to say, we all connected real fast. I mean, MD, I didn't know you, but we was real cool from the get go. We were all cool. So when we got there, just walking through the, that, that pre-gate <laughs> and everybody walking through the sections, and you're like waiting and then you start getting those goosebumps. Like, wow, wow. We didn't know where to, we like, chickens like with our heads cut off, like where do we go first? Where do we go first? Where do we go first? And when we went to go eat and you just sit down and see everybody watching and screaming, you're like, this can't be true. I'm like I always tell you, the Mardi Gras of golf, that's what it
3: is. Yeah, it's, it's complete insanity. I think uh, the first time we walked through the gates, even before we walked through the gates, it was uh, from, the, from the drop-off, you know, the whole walk there was just the crowd, the people, and what, 10% of the people were there to actually watch golf. <laughs> I mean, it's just a, a huge party. Um, so yeah, I was in awe the entire first time we were out there and, you know, we got to hook up with a you know, whole 16 that first, first year. And, you know, being up in that spot with all the food and the drinks and, you know, everything's just unlimited and the crowds of people on 16 in the stadium and everybody's friendly, everybody's having a big party. It doesn't matter, you know, where you're at, you could pop into any one of the little sections, seating areas, and you know people just welcome you. Um, yeah, it's just insanity. And then the later it gets in the day, it gets rowdy, man. It gets it gets super rowdy out there. In um, fact, I, I have something to show y'all from the time we
2: went um, how how friendly the people are and how open they are. Give me one sec. <laughs>
1: So can the, you, uh, the, the, can you the, guys break down so I heard some crazy stuff about this tournament. So can you yes. can you give me an example of like when you guys say like there's people like at the starting line. Like what are they doing? Like so, what are they what are they what's they what are, what is their goal in trying to get there out there on the course? So when me so, and Mike went
0: in the morning, we could not believe. We went there one morning and everyone's waiting to get in. And so this being our first time being there, we're like, man, what is going on? You know, what's, what's happening. You kind of hear about people sprinting to 16 to get into their general admission because they have a general admin section on 16. And when they open those gates and you see those girls running in wedges and getting heels caught in the sidewalk, it is not exaggerated. We've seen girls running for it. And that's, it's at least a good mile, Mike, right? Like, it's, it's far to 16.
3: Yeah. Yeah, it's it's far to 16. And so, yeah, before the sun even rises, um, you know, a whole 16 seats, well, not this year, obviously, but it seats 16 17,000 people. So, basically, yeah, you're thinking, you know, uh, you know, Pepsi Center, sorry, Ball Arena now, that many people around a par three. Yeah, and there's about 3,000, 3,500 general admission, and then the rest are all corporate. So the general admission is free, first come, first serve. So these people just sprint. And they, and they have to wait there. Once they get there, like, what, 6.30 in the morning, 7 in the morning? Golfers don't come around until eight thirty, nine in the morning to hole 16. So they're just out there partying, drinking, breakfast it's burritos. Hot. It's
1: already hot, right? I mean, it
3: could be, you know, you know, it's, it's January, February. So, you know, it it gets maybe mid eighties at the hottest, you know, but they're all wearing costumes. They're all from different countries. The first year we were hanging out in a corporate box with a bunch of Australians. Um, Yeah, it's just, it's bananas. And so they all sprint there to get these, these general admission seats. And then the corporate boxes and the stadium all surround that. And the corporate boxes are like 50 grand for the week or something. Um, so, yeah, you got this just giant mix of people and, and unlimited drinks. Well, we thought they were unlimited, but we discovered that there was a cap on those. Me and, me and he did our best to figure out what that limit was. <laughs> yes, uh, indeed. It, it was 12 the first year that we went. It was 12. And we, we got 13 or 14. And in the second year we went, they brought it down to 10. Um, I think folks were getting a little bit too rowdy, so they, they brought it down to ten. But um, yeah, it's it's crazy, man. And yeah, all the all the stories you hear, it's, it's nuts. It's, it's nuts. I mean, do y'all remember this time? you I remember that. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah that? that's when we were on. I can't remember what hole that was, but yeah,
2: we're betting a dollar for the closest to the pin. And this lady right here, old lady, nobody knew. Just came out the blue, was like, just was loving us. It's like, I'll yeah. take a picture with you guys. I'll take a picture with you guys.
3: And she just jumped in a couple of pictures with us. She and the, the, the guys that took that picture right behind us were a bunch of Canadian dudes. Yep. <laughs> yeah. 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 It I'm was a uh, like national
1: tournament, uh, or, or at least international patrons
0: at the tournament. Oh, you'll, oh, yeah. you'll yeah. see any and everything out there. People dress up in costumes. Which I couldn't believe you'll see Sesame Street. You'll see everything, right? And what's crazy is so the first year that we went, so 16 was the big draw, and they they put some stands around a couple of the other holes I think they were testing. But I think the last year, last year when we went, there was a lot more grandstands around a lot more holes and a lot more things going on, which is crazy is kind of crazy right because you you see all these people running around to all these stands and then you see these dudes in these blue velour suits the thunderbirds and they run they run shit there right so it's kind of crazy because if nike decides to drop like a waste management like shoe or anything these dudes have them on and they're older guys for real and women flock to these guys Dudes are like, hey, how are you? Very respectful. They'll pick up girls on their golf carts because they all get golf carts and take them to their holes, like trying to be gentlemanly or pimpish, either way you want to call it. But it, it took me by surprise because when we first walked up and showed up to the tournament the first year, I'm like, man, who are these guys in the blue? Like, what's going on? And they got these these nice belts on and, you know, they just kind of walk around and they get the they can go on any hole. Any area, anywhere,
1: anytime. Are they? PGA? Or were they are they? What, what are they part of?
2: No, it's like a kind of like the Rotary Club. Oh, I got you. Okay, but out there, <clears throat> and they put so much money into it, and they they pretty much own the land, <laughs> the, the course that it's on, pretty much. So they get to dictate what happens. They get to, they their members get free access to everything. It's just crazy. Yeah.
3: They just and, raise a ton of money for for charity, and yeah, yeah right. they, they just run the whole thing. But
1: older, older. You said there's a lot of older gentlemen.
3: Yeah, they're what? like
2: the 70s, 80s, nice. them, 60s. But you can tell who they are from the suits they wear and their belts, or are Indian Aztec belts 99 percent of the time. So you know who they are. You can't miss them. Mm-hmm. But it's a well, fashion. It's a fashion show
3: <laughs> for the women. <laughs> um oh, yeah, and, I mean. <laughs> you have all kinds of people there I mean there's there's like you know there, there's a bunch of like just young you know mid-twenties folks out there that just think it's like the club in the middle of the day that's what they treat it as and they're not even there absolutely not even there for golf they're just there for the hang um, then you got people that are there to watch some golf and then you got people that are to watch a little golf and just get ripped mm-hmm. um, <laughs> yes <laughs> Yeah, and, and yeah. And then getting ripped, then there's always the uh the exit. We gotta bro you, you gotta go visit the the breathalyzer station on your way out.
4: Yeah.
3: <laughs> you gotta you gotta put some money on it. Put <laughs> some money on it to see who blew the most. Been there. Then after yep. that you to stop and get some Girl Scout cookies. You gotta grab the Girl Scout cookies on the line to the Uber. <laughs>
0: yes. And then
3: there was a there was a Chick-fil-A thing in the line to the Uber too. Yes it was. <laughs>
0: That so can't
1: make it happen. A, a, a
3: eat, box of cookies a and a Chick fil A Chick-fil-A sandwich waiting and in
2: line. The line uh, for Uber is just as bad as trying to get into waste management. It's a, we were in line with an hour and a half, easy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Waiting Uber. But you talk you to so it. many people and everybody's sharing their cookies and whatever they yeah. got. It's just crazy.
1: How do you make the transition from, from
0: the end of the day to the nightlife? Oh, that's rough. Well, I
2: think it's the same.
0: Well, it it, it just depends on where you're coming, right? So, if <laughs> if you get home and you're hammered, you're going to take a nap at least. You or you hope to, depending on who you're in the house with, right? Otherwise, you may not get a nap and you might get a shower and then you're back to drinking again. And then you got to figure out what you're going to do, right? Like I don't know the the nightlife there is um, it's interesting because the amount of people that end up going out there. Like you would think like the clubs and stuff like this, but I hate to say it. We've been there. We've been to the bars. It's a sword fight. There's no ladies. So if you're single and you're trying to find ladies and stuff like there, a hey, prepare yourself. It's a huge sausage fest. No lie. Make sure
2: you have your, your mouthpiece right. If you if. There's women there, but you got to make sure your game is right if you plan on taking somebody home.
1: And yeah, no weak game.
2: Yeah, no weak game. I mean, we was out there. and We 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 was a group, and we was cool. It wasn't like we was out there to hit on women or nothing like that. But, I mean, they're out there. I, I, Eric had to pull me off. One girl kept talking to me the whole night, and her husband was right with her. <laughs> and I'm like, hey, hey, hey. Okay, we so friends man. like that. We all yeah. do. It, 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 they're out there, but I'm <laughs> – it, it's a blast. I mean, we went to the pizza spot afterwards. We saw a fight at the pizza spot, <laughs> trying
3: to get some pizza. Our place was like walking this is like three blocks, four blocks. Yeah, yeah. It's basically just a bunch of dudes fighting over one girl is what it amounted to. Yes. You know, it's just yeah. Downtown Scottsdale is like a it's like a three block area, and it's just nothing but dudes and polos. It's, <laughs> it's terrible. And Flip flops. And, and, and we learned that. I mean, we learned that uh, what the, the second year we went out there, we were like, yeah, this just isn't this just isn't it. Yeah. And so, if you're in downtown Scottsdale, though, they got that black hip hop club down there.
0: Yes, there, indeedy.
3: There are no golfers in there. No, there were uh, us, I and mean, they you could yeah. tell we're only golfers. Yeah. It so is. Yeah, year three. Year three, I just made a beeline, to go straight <laughs> there because I'm not going over to that the other place across the street because there's yeah. you know. Just a bunch of dudes and polos it was
2: straight, grimy, downtown San Diego, downtown Denver straight hip hop thugged out club you no one golfed there, yeah, that was yeah, straight, it that was, was straight, local beautiful
1: thing, yeah, it was yeah. beautiful, it was the beautiful thing. so the beats you heard during the day were not the same as you heard
0: at night uh, uh no <laughs> unless we're playing not them not. ourselves, so <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: you know, fellas, um, I think we should since we've kind of got a good idea of what the waste management tournament is like and kind of, you know, some some first hand experience, thank you guys for sharing that. Um, let's talk about who's uh who we think is gonna win uh the upcoming tournament. So do you guys have um uh some picks and any um let's let's you know give as many picks as you think and then also give us a give us a sleeper. Mm-hmm.
3: Go ahead. I don't know. I, I go, I'll I go with John Ron. Oh. I mean, he's basically basically a local. He can't keep it he can't get it done in the last handful of years, but he's had some good finishes. So I'm gonna go with Ron. Okay. Okay.
0: I think so I have a couple of picks. So um I'm gonna go with Hideki because he's won it a couple of times in the past and he seems real comfortable with that course. Strong um, there. Big Dick Ricky Fowler, what they call him, Big Dick out there. Hey, <laughs> hey he, he does his thing. And, um, yeah, I, I think I'm going to go with him. And then for some reason, since JT has had some uh, issues in the press and kind of down and and he was excited to play this week and he's just trying to move forward, I'm going to put JT in there as my sleeper. Yeah, that was – that was actually my top
1: pick. Uh, I, I was going to go with Justin Thomas. I think that he's going to be out there to prove a lot of people, you know, that um, you know, you can make mistakes and bounce back from that. So I think that, you know, give the give the man a chance. I also think that Webb Simpson has a chance because he's a, you know, he won last year. Um, I also think Rick, uh, Ricky Fowler has a good chance, and then my my sleeper is Jason Day. Um, I think I think he's been playing some pretty good golf. Um, and you are, you can never count him out. And then my man M I can never say his, his, his name, right. But I think it's Sung J Sung J M is yeah, that's, that's my other sleeper for, for, uh, for that tournament. So
3: he made me a couple bucks on hole 16. <laughs> I think he got it closest <laughs> to the pin on one of yeah. those. Yeah.
1: We're going to have to talk about what uh, we're going to have to talk about that.
2: I, I don't know if y'all ready for my picks right now, but uh, Rory's playing in it this year. So he's always, always top of the list. For some reason, I think Bubba Watch is going to play real good into this tournament because everything's going to be short for him off the tee. Um, but I got Xander Shoffley winning this year. Oh, wow. I think I think he's going to win a lot of tournaments this year, bro. I'm telling you, he's he's moving up the board. But my sleeper, Vaughn Taylor. Vaughn Taylor's going to creep on a lot of people this year. Each year, he's gotten better and better in tournaments. And he's playing here, and I think
0: he's going to win it. Hold on here while I scroll to find his name in the uh, – He's a golfer, edit. right? Yeah. <laughs> We're not talking football, yeah. right? Not Von Miller. You said Von Taylor, right? Von Taylor.
3: Okay. Yeah, As long as Shockley doesn't have a chip shot bounce off of someone else's ball. Hey, hey.
2: <laughs> he worked out his kinks. <laughs> I mean, he was in contention. He had to take bogey on that hole. I, I know. That's why I said I think he he's gonna be up there. And Von Taylor, he, he and you know he, you should like this. He's wearing the Jordan brand.
0: That's that's great and all. But uh, you know, there's a lot of people that have wore that Jordan brand that shouldn't shouldn't have donned it at all. And yeah, that, they need the Duke. Oh, oh, wow. oh Are, wow. Or they end up as crying Jordans. Oh, <laughs> oh wow you're gonna go there on my college team like that. Okay, okay. I, I see you. <laughs>
1: Well, fellas, we're going to, we're going to transition into, uh, some golf, uh, diversity, golf news. As you guys are, are well aware, um, February is Black History Month and we are very proud to actually be, um, recording this, uh, podcast and bringing it to you on, um, the first day of Black History Month of 2021. So we appreciate you guys being here with us and, and on this journey. This is an important journey for us and, and we appreciate you guys being here. So, um, Mitch. Why don't you go ahead and tell us uh,
0: about some of these, um, you know, what we have, the golf news of the week, some of the diversity points we wanted to to bring up. Sure. So there's a couple of things, right? So in the farmers, there was supposed to be a golfer. His name was uh, Kamal Johnson and he was supposed to play and he actually got sick. And so his buddy, Willie Mack, the third got to play in the farmers and that's pretty cool to see, you know, a couple of brothers getting a chance to play out there. Um, and do some things and, and to kind of see him on TV. And even though he missed a cut, it was kind of cool to see that he was out there because he was actually on his way to another tournament, um, trying to get in. He was like, Hey, can you play farmers or whatever? And he was like, you know, he was, was able to actually play that. So that's kind of cool too. And then the other thing I saw today, um, so the golf channel is had like this section on golf today. And they're covering the racial shift in the golf, like what's happening. So it's no surprise. If you look around on Instagram, you're seeing everybody playing golf. And golf is an expensive sport. And Boogloo, as you know, when we grew up, you know, the Broadmoor, Mike, you seen it. Hey, it was it was reserved for a lot of people. Now, in our family, we happen to have a cousin, Kenny Callum, that was a uh extreme golfer and he i mean he did try to get us into golf um we didn't listen. <laughs> yeah we we didn't listen we were like no we're gonna try to dunk these basketball and run these touchdowns you know that's that's what it is we ain't trying to hear the golf stuff or whatever but to to see the diversity that's that's trying to trans like happen all across the sport on tv in fashion because one of the big golf fashion um people out there right now is Eastside golf and so one of their founders was on the golf today um and so it's kind of cool to see because it's not your normal golf gear you know that i think their logo they have a dude swinging a golf club with a chain and a fitted you know that's that's not normal you know i don't i don't you i don't know if you'll ever see that logo uh donned at the masters but it's it's uh it's pretty cool to see so um you know I don't know what you guys think about about this diversity and a racial shift. I don't know if you guys see it, but um, go ahead, Booga.
2: I know I'm, I know I'm older than you. I'm your older cousin, but I know from when I first started playing golf till now, it is so much different, so much different and diverse, and it's great to see. And it's it's, I want to say it's about time, but. Golf has had their sprinkles of minorities in there. It is what it is. Tej Rodriguez. Everybody's been in there. But just to see when I go to a pub, just me golfing, and I work for a golf company. I used to work for a golf company, and me going to a golf course and seeing just a diverse amount of people and how you're not treated different anymore, and you're accepted, and it's all cool, and people want to golf with you and they want to know your background and your history. It, I, I'm amazed and proud. <laughs>
0: Is that at all golf courses, though? Like, do you think that's still happening in the south, like where, where we're sprinkled, like San Diego, Colorado, you know, things like that, like it's different areas. But, like, if you go in the south, you know, it it was still a long time until Tiger was actually able to play the Masters and then he started wrecking yeah. shop. But he didn't – I mean, he was ethnic. He said he was Cablasian and not black. But –
2: Well, and, you know, I played everywhere, especially with the job I had before. And it is different in different places. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I played in Florida. Um, I've been people have told me, what are you doing here, boy? So, yeah, and I I'm not the richest man in the world, but I make good money. (laughs) So I know my money is good. Anybody else's money. But just to think in some parts of the in the country, people still look at you a different way. It's hurtful, but I try and remember the people that are around me. Mm
4: -hmm.
2: MD, first time I met him off the – getting off the plane, meeting y'all in Phoenix. He driving the big bus, the van to pick me up, trying to find me. The dude was cool since day one, and I think I can say we cool to this day. We don't talk like y'all do because y'all are family and live in the same place, but I know if he ever called me, I'd be there for him. So I have to realize – I have to remember the good things – that I see all the time versus the few and far between bad things I see. And that might be because I live in San Diego and so diverse. And I know there's more bad things out there, but I don't see it enough, but I see a lot of good people doing good things for minorities and just the culture of people, which is a good thing.
1: And I, you know, I, I think you bring up a good point. I think from, from my perspective, I think that the game of golf has, has always, um, to me brought people together. And I think that that's an important thing. Um, you know, I've, I've played at, um, courses where, you know, I, I, I never should have played at like for me personally, like, cause I'm not good, but getting to know the people in, and when we were playing in them courses and, um, like castle pines, like I've played at castle pines. Like I, I don't know very many people that have actually played there. Um, but I've had the opportunity and they told me about the history and, we had some really good caddies who kind of talked us through some of their experiences of being there and who they've supported and who they've actually caddied for on that course. And for me, in in kind of, you know, now looking back on that experience, for me, I think the golf, uh, the game of golf is more about bringing people together. You know, you're you're it's all about that that little ball and you're trying to get that little ball into that cup and you're trying to do it the best way you can. And it doesn't matter what color you are. doesn't matter how you swing. You can always learn something from somebody or their experience. And that's kind of, for me, you know, I'm, I'm not a preacher, but that's, that's the, when I went to Castle Pines and I had that experience, man, for me, it was more spiritual. So when I think of, when I think of golf, to me, it's, it's a, it's more of of that type of an experience that I want to share with other people and, you know, I'm like I said, you, if you, no matter how good you are, if you're, if you're horrible at golf or if you're good, go swing, man, and you'll get better. That's what I heard. So, what do you think, Mike?
3: Yeah, I think, you know, like on our tour, we have a dozen people in our tour, E, and what, seven, eight of eight are black? Yep. And, then Dan's Mexican, so we've got the most diverse crew that's, you know bounce around golf courses throughout the summer. And I feel like I have—I keep my antenna up, you know, almost you know, not to be like I'm, you know, you know, a leader or anything like that, but you almost just feel like a shepherd, like just watching out for everyone, just seeing, you know, are there, are we being looked at differently? And I don't think that I've had that experience in the last few years that we've been doing this. I mean, I, I don't know about how the rest of the group feels, but um, I feel like there's, you know, at least a basic acceptance. Um, you know, no more, no less than just society in general. But, you know, that's that's good. <laughs> you know, at least it's not worse. Um And then just from my side of it, I mean, you know, me and E, we come from the same place. And so I think there's, you know, there's, and I don't know how you feel about this, E, but, you know, when we go and play nice courses that, you know, we may spend a little more money on or it was invite only. For me, there's a, I don't belong here since, you know, you know, initially it's like, I I can't believe that we're here. You know that we're doing this right now and you know that you know it's not so much of a racial thing as a you know your your station in life type of thing and where you came from and it's like you know it's 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 an overwhelming feeling And so I, I play some of these private courses and it takes you a while to be like okay everyone's cool with me being here so i should be cool with me being here you know um but yeah, I think in running this tour, I think there's just a, a general acceptance, and I mean even outside of our tour. I mean, like on my home course, uh, there's just you know plenty of different folks running around here. You know, on, on any given day, um, you know it's not it's not like uh, oh there's like one or two black guys I saw on the course today. No, it's everybody's here, mm-hmm. everybody's playing, and it's just good to see. And I I, I don't
2: want to cut anybody off, but I want to thank you, Mike, because I know you just said, like, you keep your antennas up. And that's a lot different for, like, me and E going to a golf course, because no matter where we go, not even a golf course, just walking down the street, we look a little bit different. We always make sure everything's okay. Make sure... I make sure I have his back. He has mine, not seeing what's coming. If we go to the club or anywhere else, not that we, we don't get in trouble like that anymore because we're both grown, but we still have that same mentality when we're younger, but to know that you as a person, a white man says I have my attendance up because I know the people around me and where I grew up and how they see things a little bit different that you can sit there and say, I make sure they're okay. Just like I need to be okay. And I appreciate that from you. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah. No doubt, man.
0: Well, and that's Indeed. just how we grew up, though, right? So we didn't see color. We just saw our homeboys, right? Like, it was really just that. Like, we grew up in such a time, like, all our friends are so diverse and have so many backgrounds, but that's just how we grew up. So MD, that's just my brother right there. Like, we grew up together, you know what I'm saying? Back when he had the Mikey sign on the back of his car and the beats, you know, stuff like that, you know, it just, I keep
2: sponsored. <laughs> <laughs> I
3: mean, you, you acknowledge each other. You acknowledge, you know, how different you are, but it doesn't make you any better or worse than me. You know, I mean, you just gotta, you just gotta appreciate each other, you know?
1: Yep. Common goals for life, man. And I think we, you know, we pass that on to each generation and I think that's the way to go. Y'all, You know, we all have families in in different ways. And, you know, I think, you know, anybody that we can get out there on in in the game of golf, I think, is important because you learn life lessons out there. This is exactly what we're talking about, man. This whole thing that we just had a conversation about is a life lesson. Unless you know.
3: you're Patrick Reed, then you don't learn those life okay. lessons. <laughs> yeah. Sorry. You learn it. Your, your bank account got bigger, you, you know. Learned about getting that paper, I guess. That's right. That's right. So,
1: you know, with, with that said, man, um, we're going to – we want to go transition to uh, to our next segment of the podcast, which we're going to talk about the golf playlist of the week. Uh, this is where my brother Emich and I, we, we, we go through our own um, – you know, digging in the crates version and we pull out, you know, some some beats to give to y'all. So if you go and follow us on Twitter or Instagram, you will see that we have a, some, uh, some, a, a playlist there for you for the Waste Management Tour or a tournament. So go out there and
0: check it out. And um, do you want to highlight any of the beats that you have on there, E? I mean, there's everything from Buy Me a Drink to Gin and Juice to Brass Monkey to anything. Anything you can think of about partying and the things that you're gonna see at waste management, just go follow. Don't be a uh, don't be alarmed. We're a Negro Pod on Spotify, and you'll find that mix. It's called the Don't Be Alarmed Wasted Mix. So, it's a pretty good mix. Uh, enjoy it for all those people out there because I think they're letting a certain amount, like 25 percent of patrons on Whole 16, and a certain amount everywhere else. So, uh, download this mix and and, and get it. That's right, we got stuff for the new
1: cats, the old heads, and everything in between. So make sure you go out there and, and check that that uh that playlist out. Um, so we're gonna get into our next segment, which we are uh, who are we hating on this week? Uh, so we are hey, this hey, is uh, hey
0: hey yeah. hey 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 hey. That's
1: right. So let's start with E Mitch to kick
0: us off in this inaugural podcast to talk about what are you hating on this week? Man, I'm hating on the new Tiger Woods shoes. I'm a I'm a sneaker dude, but I've I've had it, I've just about had it, and I I actually had some friends my age saying, oh they're not that bad, man. The ped dad Tiger eights, I'm over them, I'm over this. Like if you go back to the 14s, 13s, 15s, that's the group. How can Tony fee now all the Rory McElroy be rocking the Air Maxes and everything on the court? And he gets out there and then pad 12s. I am hating on that period. So I'm off my box. Who's next?
1: Who's on? Who's going to tell us about what they hating on this week? The thing I'm
3: hating on right now is the weather. I'm starting to get that golf itch. You know, I usually shut it down from, from about October till about March. But I was watching some of that Farmers and started getting that itch. And I know it's going to be in the 60s in the next couple of days, but that usually means it's like 60-mile-an-hour wind, so that ain't no good. But, yeah, just just the weather starting to wear on me. I'm ready to get out there. You don't have that problem, Booga. I,
2: I was going to say <laughs> we get to golf. The only time we don't golf is like two weeks out the year in San Diego. So I can't hate on the weather because it's always lovely. Even when it rains, it's okay to play. I, I'm a little bit different. I'm going to hate on new relationships. Oh, <laughs> I, oh wow. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, <laughs> I, here we go. <laughs> you know, you got to spend a little extra time. So, I have a standing tea time at my clubhouse on Sundays at 7:40. But in a new relationship, she lives about an hour away from me. So I gotta say, okay, I'm not gonna play this weekend and go see her, or she comes down and sees me. So I'm hating on liking people. I don't like people no more. I like
3: not being alone in my bed even better, so I guess I have to suck it up, but I'm still hating. hating. So you could just you could just do what a member of our group does, you know, show up a couple holes late and then leave after 10. I <laughs> <Well, laughs> would be this new. She told me. A hey, I, didn't, I didn't call anybody out. I'm just saying. <laughs>
1: she, I like, was not even, even know.
2: <laughs> she came down and she went golfing with me and my boys, so it was cool. And she she said she would never come between golf and I won't let her. But as a man, sometimes you just suck it up You're like, yeah, I'm not gonna golf. I'm gonna spend Sunday with you. We go into the the swap meet, the flea market, get some fruits and vegetables, and cook dinner together. I I yeah. don't know about all y'all. I know two of y'all are married and got kids. I've been in that single life for a while, so this is giving up a lot for me.
1: <laughs> oh, I'm a I'm a Bed Bath and Beyond and Home Depot guy over on, the, on the weekends.
2: See that's seeing. I'm the only one that's not used to that anymore.
1: Yeah, so
3: <laughs> so it's, say, it's, it's so get say, our five Sundays. Get the five Sundays in the summer. That's, that's the extent of what I get.
1: Oh. Get it done on. Get done what you need to get done on Saturday, so you can get done what you need to on Sundays. I'm
2: used to golfing on Saturday and Sunday.
1: Well, mm. I'm gonna try this year. Lucky. What I'm hating on, Dan. <laughs> what I'm gonna hate on is uh, access to good golf bags man like I went I went to a couple places so I know that I've been looking for you know I'm getting new clubs so I've been looking for a, a new bag and trying to look for something that's nice and that I like um but I can't find anything man and been looking online and even even some of the inventory that's out there I mean I know I'm wearing a pandemic and things are rough but I just I'm gonna keep looking man so if you guys have any suggestions shoot them my way are you looking for a carry bag or a club pro bag i'm more i like i I actually like i'm more of a carry bag and then i like the ones that have the the nice stands on them and stuff so i'm i'm looking for for that as long as it has those two things i'm cool
2: i got a couple of carry bags at the house i'll send them out to e and if you like them you like them if not not but i got them from the office so
3: all right i appreciate you man why don't you put some some other swag inside that bag for us too? <laughs> Get
0: some grips. Look at you. Yes, indeed. <laughs> I,
3: you know I got hey, you though.
0: I'm my, getting, my
2: last game last last are getting kind of smooth. You, you know I had to pay extra to put all that stuff in my bag when we went out there last time. <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. I <laughs>
0: know. Well, appreciate that. That was our um, hey, 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 hate section of the week. So. Our next section is brought to you by Nerdy Gentlemen. Let's, let's hear a little bit from them.
4: Nerd! Are you nerdy by nature? Head over to thenerdygentleman.com, the home of the periodic tea for the freshest nerdy gear. Nerdy Gentlemen aims to inspire you to embrace your inner nerd. Use promo code ALARMED and save 20% on your order. That is thenerdygentleman.com.
0: So now the back nine, the back nine is a section of questions that we will all answer. um, And we haven't answered these before, but we are going to ask you these nine questions and we want the first answer that pops off your head. So um, Mike, trying
3: to get people in trouble.
0: (laughs) (laughs) No doubt. If you could turn any shoe into a golf cleat, what would be that shoe? The one shoe that you could wear all the time. If you could have any shoe, which one would it be?
3: Well, I got to bring that question to the non-shoe guy. (laughs) You you, you know, I took some $35 Adidas basketball shoes and put some golf kicks in them last year. Yes, indeed you did. (laughs) And then shot a career low at Riverdale. (laughs) 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 Got to bring up his
4: score. Got to bring
3: up his (laughs) score. Go to trophy. Um, I don't know, man. My, like I said, I'm not shoe guy, but, um, I'm partial to, I'm partial to Jordan nines. Never owned them, never had them, but that's what I would rock.
0: I like the Jordan nine. That's a, that's a good selection. I think for myself, um, I mean, Jordan started making the, the golf cleats and, they're out there. So their fives are out there. The 11s are out there. So those are two iconic ones. Um, the shell toes, like when we grew up and I watched Boogaloo breakdance and stuff, they had the shell toes with the fat laces. They had that that kind of stuff. So those are out there. I think I would like to see like a men's version of the Nike Cortez in, in kind of like a leather, all colors, kind of cool. They made some for women, but men's would be cool.
1: Nice.
2: Uh, myself as he has in the back, them Air Maxes. I got a couple of the Air Max golf shoes, but if I had to choose one shoe, the a golf shoe, I would choose them. The answers, them Iversons. When the yep. Iversons came out,
1: those would be dope. The
2: fire, and I'm like, golf shoes, yes,
1: yeah, those would be dope.
2: <laughs> so those yeah, would that would be-, be mine.
1: Right on. I, I would, you know, <clears throat> I'm gonna have to go with the the Jordan Bread Elevens. Um, those were always one of my favorite pair of, uh, of shoes. Um, I still have a pair to this day. Um, I was married in those and every, what the cool part of my wedding, man, is that everyone wore a different pair of Jordans. So I think for me, any pair of Jordans would, would work. And then, um, I used to wear in high school, man, the, my favorite pair of shoes playing basketball, man, were the up tempos. Uh, yes. And they were just comfortable, man. And so if, if I could, actually you know make um a pair into a, a golf cleat i would do i would do some up tempos as well as as any jordan so but the jordan breads bread 11s for me uh
0: would be the topper okay nice so what is your favorite beverage on the course like if you're in a zone and you're so there's two parts. If you're in a zone and you know you're playing good, because I know they're separate drinks, what are you drinking? And if you get to the back nine and you're like, fuck it, my score is going to be a 150, what are you sipping on?
2: I, I can go first. It's easy for me. I don't drink to the back nine now. So it's always double Bacardi and Coke. If it's a bad day, just gone to hell, it's a triple, quadruple Bacardi and Coke, and we just chalk it up to the woods.
3: Yeah, for me, if we're if we're playing in the tournament, I'm I'm not drinking <laughs> until probably until probably the back nine, um, because that first drink is a gateway drink, <laughs> and if I have one, then another and another. But once it starts going bad, then anything goes. Some John Daly's? yes, thank you. Some beers, <laughs> yes, I'll take some of those. Are oh, we doing shots now? Sounds good too.
1: Yeah, I think for me, I, I think I would uh, start the day off with a, with the a Bloody Mary, probably sipping if I'm doing well. Uh, if it doesn't go well, then we start getting into, you know, Crown and Cokes, um, you know, or various other
0: drinks and beer probably for me. Usually if we're in the tournament and I'm trying to relax and warm up, if I am with Vishnu, I will uh, start out the morning with some kind of shot of whiskey or something, um, and then if if I'm really playing good because I feel that shot of whiskey gave it to me, then I'll just keep drinking whiskey. Now, if I'm having a bad game on the back nine, it's it's whatever. Mike, what do you have in your bag? You know, well, I
3: have in my bag. Well, you know, are you talking pregame? I I got that black velvet whiskey that 's my pregame shot right there that calms me down, makes the nerves right, but this year it's going to be that peanut butter whiskey
1: Oh the screwball hell yeah oh man me that i 'm with you on that on the screwball It's, it's so good it is it tastes it don 't even taste like liquor that's the it hard not. That's
3: the dangerous part oh there it is right there, the customized flask the- keep it in my bag. <laughs> Hell yeah.
0: So what's your favorite club in your bag? One club.
3: Easy. Lob wedge. For what I love my lob wedge. I could do anything with that club from seventy five in. What kind of shot you want? I'll give it to you with a lob wedge. <laughs> I have more confidence in my lob wedge than any other club. And that's with any type of shot with it you want me to keep it low and run it up confidence. You want me to flop it 20 yards up in the air? You got it. That's that's my favorite club. I
0: I have to go agree with you like I have the same thing like my short game usually comes in like 100 120 yards in and I'm money with that with the wedge and it's 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 been pretty good and it's kind of helped me my putting has come along but that wedge is I, I can't live without it. It's got me out of a lot of trouble, really.
3: Yeah, a me. lot of trouble. <laughs> uh, thanks.
0: <laughs> yeah, like, he's always in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> On occasion. I, me, I have not- to say, for
2: me, Go I am two My three wood, fire anywhere I'm at, no matter what. And my hashtag out here in Dago is putters like butter. My putter. It's It's unstoppable. Can't nobody stop me putting.
1: I'm going to go with my driver and my putter. Oh, wow. There's You're nothing. Like it. Wow. I, I like my driver just because it's, it's, uh, you know, I'm I, like I said, I'm getting a new set. So I'm going to have to get used to my new set of drivers. But there's nothing for me that that it. once you hear that, that perfect swing and you get that ball just right. I, I love that. It. I love that sound, man. That's it for me.
3: Driver and putter. is like, it's like there's no course to him. It's just tee boxes and greens. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just be like, course, Vish what and,
1: course?
0: I'll just be like Vish and throw him in between. <laughs> what is the lowest score and and your highest? And then how much of that was a lie? Uh oh, it, it went silent down here.
3: No, you you got trophies behind you, so let us know. Uh, there's no room to put the scores on there. My last name is so long. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I think, uh, what what was the lowest at Riverdale? I think it was 80. I think that's my lowest. My highest, who knows? Because when you shoot your highest, who can count that high? It's probably in the 130s is my highest. And when you're counting that many, that's not even accurate. So it could have been higher than that.
0: A couple of years ago when I was on my game, I was shooting in the 80s. It was a, a couple of times. It was pretty good. Um and then uh my highest, I haven't gotten as high as some people on our tourney, but it it was pretty high. Like there was a time where we played, what was that course? Uh we played it this year. Um it's off the corridor E470, but whatever that that course was when we had our practice round there, I self-destructed on that course. And I didn't know what was going to happen. I might have shot a two hundred that day. It was it was tough. So like
2: legit, might have shot a two hundred.
0: No, not that bad. But like legit, I was probably over one fifteen easy, and was knocking on the door of like one twenty, 120, one twenty five, and and I was two years before or a year before I was playing really well. So the just the wheels had fell off. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, you, you, if you don't
1: use it, you lose it, man. Because I'll tell you what, the best I ever shot was like at eighty nine, best ever. And then the worst I ever shot was in the one twenties. Mm-hmm. So, you know, um, never consistent, <laughs> but working on that.
2: <laughs> best ever shot was at eighty two, and I don't know what was going on. Playing with my boy Mikey, he was on tour before. Played worked the golf company with me. And it just started from beginning to end. Just perfect. Worst ever shot. Unlike y'all. I remember my score. I shot a 137. <laughs> my seventh time playing golf ever. 137. Everything was double bogey or worse.
0: Mm. Bad. Been there.
3: I'm a hundred percent sure I've shot 137. <laughs> no question about it. <laughs> I just don't know how much higher than that it was. <laughs>
0: And a lot of people will lie about that because they usually like people come in and they'll say their worst is like, oh, I shot like a 115 or something like that. But they won't they won't climb over that. And, you know, they lying like a mug.
2: Yes, I knew mine. I was sad. I still have the scorecard to this day. Um, yeah, hey, that's
3: punishment right there. Yeah. Just remind myself.
0: He's motivating himself. Hey, uh, have you ever broken a club on the course? And what happened? On purpose, um, or by accident?
3: Yeah, I've, I've done it by accident. Uh, me and Newman were playing uh, second eighteen, and the first eighteen we were already torn up. We were already just blitzed. So we go to play the second eighteen, and I think it was on hole two. My ball, my ball was sitting on a tree root, and I just went to town on it. Caught zero ball, all root and just bent the hell out of my 8-iron. Just damn near put it to 90 degrees. It was terrible. But, yeah, I never purposely broken one just out of frustration. This guy has. Uh, yeah, my home course, Steel Canyon here in San Diego.
2: whole 15. Perfect drive, middle the fairway. I got 180 in. I take a six iron, thinking I'm cool. I swing, trying to play a low punch shot. It's going to run up onto the green. I chunk it, goes into the water and to the left. I turn around, hit the golf cart. Head pops off. This is my new sim club, so this is recent. (laughs) The head pops off, flies right all the way over to my other boy's cart and hits him while he's sitting in the cart. I call Taylor May. It's like sitting back. You're good. It's under warranty.
3: <laughs> Just got it back two weeks ago.
0: Whoa! So
3: have I? Don't think we were going to get grown man stories like that. Two weeks ago. <laughs> and I,
2: I never get upset about golf like that. I'm like, I'm not great, so why get mad? But I was mad that day because I was on fire. It went downhill from there. Don't worry.
0: Have you ever hit a house? And did you run or explain? Did you you put that out there for me? Didn't you eat? I did because I know you <laughs> did. <laughs>
2: Oh, I would start with that one. But no. Rod, you didn't tell us about your breaking a club. Did you break a club? Y'all didn't tell Did y'all break a club?
0: Um I have, I was at a practice uh like just practicing at the range or whatever, and it was a good thing they had those little barriers there. So I came across and snapped it and the sh- shit hit it sounded like a shotgun. Boom! And I was like, "What was that?" And I looked over and the dude in front of me is laughing. And I was like, oh! And I just snapped. It was I, I forgot what club it was, but it was it was terrible. And I was like, man, if that wouldn't have been there, it would have killed somebody, man.
3: He said he was at the practice range. I was like, damn, he gets mad at practice. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> clubs <where he's- laughs>
1: I've actually broken. Uh, so I've actually asked someone to borrow their club, and I've uh, oh, with off the tee, and I broke their driver. Oh, oh so shit. that was not that was not a good situation, and then. Um, I will tell you that uh, if you ask me, um, I'm going to transition into if I've hit a house, I will tell you that I hit one of my friends twice and hit a house in one round of golf. Um, uh, <laughs> so we were <laughs> you playing. Hit a, you
3: hit a guy thing. twice.
1: Yes. And the same, on the same swing. So yeah, and, and a house and, and just the same in the same tournament. So it happened within three holes of each other. So, uh, I was driving and, um, someone made me laugh as I was driving. And as I hit it, it kinda, it just, man, it went, and went the wrong way and hit a house, man. And it was loud. And then a couple holes, um, you know, in a couple holes, right after that, I had a friend who was standing too close to me, man. And he was right in my backswing. So, but I will tell you, it was one of the purest shots I've ever hit. Oh my. <laughs> so I went back and I heard. And it was two hits on him and me hitting the ball. And I look back; I'm trying to watch my shot, but I look back and he's on the ground. Mm, mm, and this is like mm. in a in a um in a golf tournament for um an internship program that I was in. So it was it was awesome, man. That was Eric. one of the funniest times I've ever had on a golf tournament.
2: Eric, note to self: he cannot play when I come out and visit.
1: <laughs>
2: I, I think stand- I just
1: rescinded that
3: tour invite. <laughs> just, don't, just, just don't stand on my backswing, man. <laughs> When a cat swing, he'll uh, stand in his back swing. <laughs> He's not going to be in my foursome.
2: Exactly. Uh, with Eric's point, with the question, we're in Vegas, and Eric had probably – y'all probably just started playing, right?
0: Yeah, we just y'all started.
2: started playing. I booked a tee time, and we went out and went to go play, and they were, had a new community. No one lived in any of these houses. I went to go drive, and you know I overswing, overswung and broke through like – a window and probably the front window because it was the back of the house and probably broke to the front. We just, I I was like, let's go. <laughs> Eric, Eric was looking like, you ain't going to say nothing. I'm like, nobody live there, let's go. <laughs> <laughs> you living on a golf course, you expect to get your house, your window broken. <laughs>
3: You're going to have to take me to court.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm the same way. Gotta find me and prove it's my ball first. Yep.
0: What's the wildest thing you've seen on a golf course? Now I can preface this, that one time me and my boy was out playing and we were just playing like a par three on a Sunday. We just happened to get in and we go there. And then the other two that we were matched up with was a couple and they were swingers. And so she gets out there and we're chilling. We're having a good time, whatever the drinks are start flowing and whatever. And then she takes my driver out that had this Buffalo and starts doing a strip tease in the middle of uh, like hole eight or whatever, and then tried to take my boy home. And I couldn't believe it. And I still have those pictures and my wife, she didn't believe the story I had to show her because I couldn't believe she took my driver out and started doing a strip tease on my driver in the middle of the fairway. So that's the wildest thing I've ever seen.
3: You're just going to drop that story before anyone else gets to go. My might no, be. was just going to be downhill. I mean, <laughs> most booger work. got something.
2: So <laughs> I'll let y'all go too first. I'll let y'all go first in.
3: I can't even think of anything wild that's happened like that. I got nothing.
1: I got nothing. <laughs> I follow <man>. that. <laughs> I got nothing compared to that.
2: So we're playing East Lake here in San Diego. And every time we play, there's always this lady because we play early. We always get the first tea, try and get the earliest tea time. We're coming around the back nine, and she always outside watering plants that ain't there, like, hey, you know, <laughs> Fridays type of stuff. But one time I approached her and, I'm like, hey, how you doing? She's like, good. Uh, we'll cut it short and say, I just didn't finish the back nine.
0: Oh, boy. Oh, wow.
2: Had breakfast.
0: Oh. Different kind of breakfast. All right. Hey.
2: But that the, hey. That was the wildest I ever had in my life.
0: Mm.
1: Okay. I like it. Bring that one up. Yeah, that's a great story. It, it was and a, a happy ending. ending. <laughs> <laughs>
2: to this day she still lives in the same house and every time I go to play, <laughs> East Lake, she's outside, and I try not to I you know you have to turn your head, pretend like she don't see you, stuff like that. But yeah, it's your wave, man. Now, you're you're like, what, what's
1: going on? What's good?
2: New relationship. Remember I told
1: you yeah, that?
0: Yeah, you can't yeah, that's true.
1: That's
0: true. Have you guys ever? I'm trying to live through y'all, man. Yeah, I feel that. Have you ever gotten into a altercation by hitting into someone?
3: Don't ask me that because, you you know, I never hit anybody in my life. Oh, wow. (laughs) You know, usually when people are lingering at one seventy five, I don't pull the trigger.
2: (laughs) Two seventy five for you, big stick. (laughs) <laughs> I've only yeah. hit into
0: my buddy. So it's, 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 it's that. And, and it's, it's on an occurrence that I actually hit my driver really great. And then it really goes. And I'm like, Oh, and you know, it, it's been there, but I have been in some parties where people have picked up the ball from somebody driving into them and uh, gotten some looks and stuff like that, but no, no altercations yet. It's
3: yeah, happened. Yeah, I just had that one shot at legacy Ridge that was into our own group. And then they proceeded to all pose next to my ball and, you know, <laughs> flip me off with it and then show me the picture afterwards. <laughs> but yeah, no actual altercations.
2: Yeah, I, I was playing Mission Trails here right by down from my house. And there's a par four, and it's only 280. And you guys, y'all played with me before, and then Eric, I, I play a, I call it a hard fade. Some called a slice, but I played my stuff. And it happened to go straight. And I reached the green. Like, I am don't know why I was going for it anyway. So usually I play like a eight iron off of it, lay up and a wedge in. I'm good. But I was like, I'm going for it today. And I went for it. People were on the green. I thought they were walking off, but they weren't, apparently. It hit in between them, missed the cup and ran on the backside of the hill. They took my ball and threw it. So me being the big stick driver, I went up there and had some words with them. And, yeah, my boy had to pull me off because I was oh. upset. <laughs>
0: it happens. It happens. All right, the last question. What's your dream course to play at?
2: One? I, 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 I just want to play in Ireland or Scotland. I played Pebble Beach. I played Monterey Bay because the grandparents lived there. I played a lot of courses in the States that most people don't get to play. But I want to play – I want to play the Mecca of golf over in the old country.
0: Okay. MD?
3: I think the uh, – probably, you know, base it on what's what's on the list first. And I'm probably going to hit Whistling Straits first. I think that's the first one I want to go hit. Mhm. But, you know, those are all like – it's not like one course. Those are like trips. It's like which four are we going to go play when we go to Whistling Straits? Which you know we're going to go to Band and Dunes and play all those. Mm-hmm. You know, which courses are we going to hit when we go to, you know, Pebble Beach? You know, those are just all. If you're going to go play one, you better go play you know two, three more at the same time. Make a trip out of it.
0: Agreed. I think. Go ahead, Sugar.
1: I, I mean, for me, I I think I like Pebble Beach because it's always you know growing up. I I would always you know, see it was, to me, there was two big tournaments. It was always like Pebble beach because it was the, the difficult course. And I would always see those guys struggling. Um And when you won that course, it was a lot of respect. And then also the masters. So anything at Augusta. So for me, it would be Pebble beach and Augusta would be the two places that I would, I would love to play at.
0: And I will second that on Augusta. I just something about that, like the mystique, like growing up and seeing it on TV and the commercials and how they take you through the archway and, and you see all that stuff, but to imagine how, how much history was there. Like, I mean, we've seen tiger major history there and to, to do that. And plus it would be super hard for us normal folks to uh, get an invite there. But if I ever got an invite there, like that's, that's on my list there. Booga. Uh,
2: you know what? So Tiger had his new course just open up. And I think it's Utah, Wyoming or something like that. And apparently. Sorry. yeah. And there's like nine, ten different courses that all pros did. I would like to make a trip out there and play all those courses.
1: That's what I did the match, right?
2: Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I, I want to do like a week out there and just play like all the courses they have. Because Jack built the course out there. Tiger. um, everybody's built a, every major players built a course out there. this entire besides tiger.
0: Nice. Well, that was awesome. We got to wrap it up. We, we could talk golf and hang out and everything all day, but appreciate MD and Booga joining us for our first episode of don't be alarmed it's Negroes. And, um, you know, we want to thank the listeners and the new listeners who are giving us a shot to, to listen to our show and kick it off. And just see you next week on Don't Be Alarmed, It's Negroes. See you soon.
4: Don't be alarmed, we're Negroes.